How are you? How are you? Good. Hello. Are you excited about your new debut on this the real life? Yes. <laughs> I can't believe it's happening. It's so surreal. I cannot literally believe it's happening. Like, wow. I thought I was getting pranked the whole time. I was just expecting at some point them to be like, this is not surreal life. This is a new show called Prank All. Yeah, I mean, whatever, you know, prank something or you're punked. And this whole time, even through the editing process of waiting to hear the release date, I was like, I just can't believe actually surreal life is coming back. I'm on it. Oh my God. So cool. And you're on it with a bunch of amazing stars. Tamar Braxton is one of my favorite singers. Dennis Rodman. I mean, it's Kim Poles. I can only imagine. I know. Oh, my God. Yes, it's such a great cast. Um, Tamar was my roommate, actually. And we, yes, yes. Um, And we really bonded. I love her so much. I really just developed such a great friendship with her. Her and I still like talk. Actually, the two people I regularly still talk to is Tamar Braxton and Manny MUA. And he's the, was the, is a YouTube vlogger. It's really cool that to have, be able to create such friendships with people from this show. Yeah. It's exciting. August is on it. Stormy Daniels is also on it. And Frankie Muniz. Yeah. And I know you can't tell us anything special about the show, but since Tamar Braxton was on our cover once upon a time, did she ever sing for you? She did sing for me. We actually really bonded over listening to C.C. Winans, specifically the song, The Goodness of God. Yeah, we had such a, it, it was amazing because I was just, I was really going through it one of the days and like panicking and having slight, not slight, having an anxiety attack. So I was like in the bathroom and I was like crying. I was like listening to that song and then she comes in and starts singing it too. I was like, oh my God, you sing like an angel and I love you. Um, So she, she's amazing. Um, she so inspiring. Tamar is so, so inspiring. And she really opened up about her own mental health when we were there that week or out of the couple of weeks that we were there was her one year anniversary of what happened the year before from getting into the hospital and stuff. And so she really opened up about it. And I'm so proud of her because that's really hard. And there is a lot of times a stigma on mental health. And so the fact that she was able to open up about it and also like really show me that I needed to focus on my mental health more and I was neglecting it. You have to work on it. You have to focus on it. Just like you go to the gym to work out for your physical health, you have to focus on your mental health. It does take work, but also you can get tools that help us be the best version of ourselves. It starts with the mind. If the mind is not in the right place, then your emotions and your body follow. I think that's one of the biggest takes I've taken from the show is that I have to focus on that. I have to work at it. And I feel... Like I'm in such a different place now than I was a year ago. I was really going through it. It was right after WWE finishing that time there. And it was in such a transition um, time of figuring out what to do. And Tamar could really help me again there because she had been, you know, let go from the view. And so, and how she was crushed and I was crushed and just so thankful I had those people. It, so it was really God sent. You know, with Kim Coles, like her after living single and how she, it was really hard for her and having these different people, Dennis Rodman, of course, just told me to go retire from wrestling, <laughs> which was hilarious. And I fired up on him. So you're gonna have to tune in on that. Um, yeah, I just these everyone I learned something from and I could take with me a lesson that I could grow from. So what was the difference, the biggest difference from working with the WWE and Cerule? 
Did you oh. feel like it was like a? I'm sure there's a huge difference, but I'm sure I'm sure there were some smackdowns on that show, though. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, definitely walking into surreal life, I was super nervous and anxious because you just don't know what's going to happen. We had no idea who was going to be on the show. Um. They take your phone, so you can't look the people up, and so that just was giving me anxiety and being away from my husband Miro and my dogs and all of that just brings comfort and makes me feel safe. So I really went into it being like, okay, I'm setting my intentions. I don't want to body slam anyone. Like I don't want to body slam a cast member. I don't want to drop kick someone. Um, so I might have suplexed someone, but not a cast member. So there's that. And uh, so you have to tune in. But yeah, it was just that's that was a big part. On Total Divas, I felt like there were a few times that I really lost my cool said things that I had to apologize and regret really regretted saying to some people and I didn't want that like I wanted to be able to no matter what be able to control my mouth and my tongue and what I say and to walk as much as I can in love empathy and forgiveness I think I did that I definitely controlled my temper which I'm very proud of because I could be feisty and people challenged me in that house to forgive and also Definitely walk in empathy because we all come from so many different areas of life, walks of life, cultures, races, religions, careers, experiences, and that defines who we are. And we should all just take a moment to ask people questions. Who are they? Why? What is your story? Because it will explain a lot and not be so quick to judge people why they do that. Usually if it can be backtracked, it, it maybe we would do the same thing if we were part of that situation. How does it feel to be such a trailblazer within the WWE world? When I was a kid, I grew up and I saw Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage and, you know, and I, th- I think I tuned into Glow, Gorgeous Lady of Wrestling. That was the cute version of it. But with you guys, you know, it's all athleticism. I'm sure people don't really understand that. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> How was it like being a trailblazer and really pushing through for women in entertainment and sports arena? Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that so much. Yeah, I just, I was very lucky to be raised by a father that never told never put a construct on my gender, never put a construct of what I needed to be. And he was like, you can be anything you want to be. Like, doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man, like go after your dreams. I remember being about 24 and I was freaking out. I didn't, wasn't in a relationship and wasn't getting married. And he's like, don't worry about it. Who cares? He's like, you don't, you're not gonna be defined by being a wife or being a mother. I mean, yeah, that can be a part of it, but like go after your dreams. I'm so thankful because that's how I approached it in WWE. I got there and I'm like, wait, why are the women not getting time? Why are we getting 30 seconds of two minute matches, barely any promo time. I saw when I first came out in 2014, there, Stephanie was the authority figure. I don't know if you guys, you remember that storyline of the authority and she was getting time, but then all the girls matches, they weren't really getting time. So I was like, okay, how can I get time to talk on the mic? Cause that I feel is my strength. And so I realized I wanted to manage so badly. I wanted to be the next Paul Heyman. Like I, I love Paul Heyman, Miss Elizabeth, um, Vicky, Stephanie McMahon. And that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be the person that is helping verbally drive the story. I was like, okay, it seems like, let me try to drive one of these, one of the men. Luckily, I, I just got really lucky and really blessed for them to want to push Miro, pair me with him, grew up in Russia. It was just the perfect storm. And so it was really cool though, to be there at a time that, 
we went from having these, the only way you could have time was being with the boys pretty much to then the girls carried the segments. Like the girls have longer matches. The girls have longer um, crossover promo segments, you know, main eventing, hell in the cell, main eventing, WrestleMania. It's incredible to be a part of that, be a part of the first ever women's um, pay-per-view, the first ever Royal Rumble for women. It's just beyond thankful to be able to be a part of history. The bottom line is like, go for your dreams. It doesn't matter what gender you are, what ethnicity you are, what religion you are. Like if you have a passion and you love something, passionately pursue it. And you might have a lot of little bumps in the road and setbacks and society might tell you to go screw yourself, but keep persevering because you, you are trailblazing blazing regardless yeah i mean you really are you're such an inspiration for young women who are looking you know at these glass ceilings every day and trying to figure out like how can we break them i think how can we get through that ceiling but with you what's so awesome is that you found a way and you really are doing some amazing things and speaking of which yeah. you spoke about mental health and that's a huge issue that's going on right now particularly with young people and doing this on and off the pandemic. How do you, do you, did you, or do you find that you have some coping mechanisms before you went on the show and hang out with, and hung out with Tamar? Did you find, did you find that you, you are were doing some meditations or some kind of exercises like mentally to kind of like help you work through the process of getting through this whole, I guess, uh, this ordeal we're going through as a world? Yes. You know, I'm still learning myself. Going into the house, I didn't have a lot of tools, to be honest. I hadn't even heard of the word tools. I remember Tamar using it. I'm like, what are tools? Um, like I, I put it together pretty quickly, but I hadn't used, I had not heard that as um, like, okay, yeah, we actually need tools to be able to cope and help us through certain things. So I, um, you know, for me, it was just prayer before I would pray and I would listen to music, you know, like CC Winans, <laughs> something that would help me and encourage me. And I, I still do all those things, but I also there, I got a life coach, I got a therapist and there's definitely, I mean, there was this one thing, I know this is going to, I'm going to just share one thing I do, which sounds so silly at first, because I thought it was hilarious. I was like, my life coach was telling me to do this. And I was literally rolling my eyes on the phone. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, that's not going to work. So it was, I used to have this big issue of comparing myself to like, especially on social. We go on social media and I'm like, oh my God, this person got more likes than me. Oh my God, this person got more, you know, comments. And it would make me really feel not enough, like not pretty enough, not cute enough, you know, not young enough, not relevant enough. And just ultimately not enough. It would send me into this downward spiral and I would be jealous. And I'm like, I don't want to be jealous of these people. These people are my friends. She told me to go, once I start doing that, this basically scream, stop, stand up and then start saying your affirmations. Like I am enough. I am beautiful. I am wonderful. I am funny. I am hilarious. And you know, all my affirmations and I'm telling you it worked for me. It worked. That is a, a great tool for me. And I, we're all different. You know, all of us, you're going to need different tools. So what might work for me might not work for you and or work for someone else. And it might work great for someone else. So, you know, it's definitely finding those things. Um, I did it for a week. And next thing I know, I'm like, I'm not I like, I could be looking through people and not compare myself and then not feel that, that like, I feel like I am not enough because we're all enough. 
you know, and unfortunately social is a beautiful thing, but it can also do that to people and setting boundaries. You know, I, I, for social media specifically, I do set boundaries for myself because I just think we got to make sure we get out. We got to make sure we connect to other humans. We got to make sure we live in the moment. We got to make sure we walk outside and get some sunshine and some fresh air. And that's really important. That is important to our happiness. Working out is important to our happiness, eating healthy. All of that plays a part in our mental health. It's all connected. There is this other guy I listened, Joe, his name's Dr. Joe. I'll let Rachel know the name of the guy. <laughs> I can't pronounce it. Depecia. I was not saying it right. So Depecia. But um, I found him on YouTube and he doing his stuff was also a huge break. And he talks about, he's like, the thing that controls our whole body is our mind. So just like a, a dog that we train and go sit, you know, lay, roll, and we teach them. That's what we have to have our mind do to our own body. Like, yes, we're going to meditate for at least five minutes. Yes, we're going to, you know, say our affirmations. Yes, we're going to count our blessings. Yes, we're going to, there's so much he goes into detail that I'm, I'm not even giving all the goodness that I could. Doing a lot of his stuff and he has meditations that you can follow along as well on his YouTube channel channel is phenomenal. Like it was such a huge break. I felt like I had plateaued and just, I kind of, I was stuck in this like kind of negative space. And he really, 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 really helped me. You know, a lot of things are a choice. Yes. Some people absolutely need medication. 1000% encourage everyone to go through therapy. I, some people roll their eyes. It's, it helps. It's just finding the right therapist. Also, it's often the thoughts we choose to have. And I noticed changing my thoughts and how I looked at things immediately changed my happiness and how I looked at, and I can sometimes feel myself slip back in and it's like, okay, let's step back. Let's take a moment. And it's work. It takes work. Yeah. Everyone has like a code they live by. Like you said, I have actually opportunity to speak with one of the most influential surfers of all time, Sean um, Thompson. And I, I spoke with him and he has a book called The Surfer in the Safe. So he kind of relates how he trained to be a world-class surfer and how he used those the method, methods, rather. Sorry, my voice. The methodology. <laughs> now he applied that to his real life. So yeah. just like your effort as well, speaking them out, he was saying, write them down. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, writing things down tends to make us really take ownership of, yeah. you know, like you said, with your mind, your body, your soul, it's all interconnected. So that's interesting that you were able to really push on that because a lot of people are going through a lot of situations right now, particularly feeling uncomfortable around people, not feeling enough, you know, with um, body positivity issues are going on as well. That's kind of cool that you're speaking to that. Yeah. Yeah. Writing is so good. Writing. Another person I went along YouTube, like rabbit hole was Oprah as well. And she talks about um, the power of writing down how you have to write down. And she has a ton of gratitude books, which I started to journals, tons and tons and tons. She goes at the very least, write five things down a day that you're grateful for. And even she goes, some days it might be so hard. It might be like, I'm thankful. I can breathe barely, you know? And I was just like, whoa, that's so powerful, you know? So yeah, I, I, I like to share that as well and just pass that information on because it is very powerful. Now I want to switch gears because you are a trailblazer. And then you turn on the news and watch cable channels and you see information about Roe versus Wade. 
and that decision being overturned. How did that make you feel? Because, I mean, looking at you are the epitome of strength, vibrancy, and persistence, and all of that. And now you have this Roe versus Wade being overturned. How did that make you feel? Um, honestly, I have, I, I couldn't even believe it. Like I was, I was absolutely floored that that was even a conversation. I think it comes back down to like not separating church and state. And I believe absolutely practice whatever religion you want. Absolutely pray to whatever God and greater being that you want 1000%. This is why we live in a free country, but also because we live in a free country, we need to have the, we need to be able to have that choice. We need to be able to have these safe places to be able to go and choose. And I just think it, to me, it sounded like so barbaric. And so like, I just, I can't believe it. I could not believe it. And still can't believe that it's even a conversation, you know? And, uh, again, it's just people believe, you know, bring their religious beliefs into this scenario. And that's amazing that these like people have religious beliefs, but we, the foundation of this country said separation of church and state that was literally in the constitution and, or one of those things, but it's like that we're not, that's not separation of, of church and state at all. You know, you should be able to choose. And just because you do not support that is fine. You don't have to, but that's their personal life. That is their life. And that is their choice. Yeah. I, I really hope it's resolved as soon as possible because that it's, I, I was floored. Like, right. It took us all by storm. Cause we're like, can we focus on the country, yeah. and, you know, well-being in the economy? Yeah. And I grew up as a, like, I grew up as a missionary kid, a Christian missionary kid. And, you know, so that's coming from someone that praised the Jesus. And that is me turning around and being like, hey, like, no, that's not okay. Like, to the Christians of this nation, I know it's, we need to have a separation of church and state. People have should have a freedom of choice. And also, like, you're not God, and you're not Jesus. So let God be God. Let the greater power be. And let's just walk in love and empathy. So I'm going to continue to our family discussions and group texts are very entertaining. Yeah, lead by example. Yeah. What else is on the horizon for you? Can you share anything with us? Any new clothing lines, collections, NFTs? Oh, yeah. Well, subscribe to cjperry.com. It's going to be really entertaining, especially with Surreal Life coming out. I'm going to be discussing one, I'm going to be watching it live for the first time. And so I'm going to be that's going to be live on the website to see my reaction to the show because I'm watching it live with you. Oh, little anxiety. So um, I know like what reactions are a big thing on online. So that will be on cjperry.com. And then also talking about the episode, talking about the things that didn't make it or my opinion about these things and getting other cast members as well on there. Um, so that's that's one thing that does take a lot of my time to produce a entire website of stuff that's happening. Um, I have a short that I am directing as well. It is an action comedy. I am learning so much from it. We're in pre-production now. I'm really excited. I'm enjoying it. I'm producing three other movies as well. And I wow. have another movie coming out at Paramount Plus where I play a deadly assassin. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> Are there any words of advice you would offer a person aspiring? Or how about this? Is there any? Are there any words of advice? Or is there anything you would listen to your younger self that you haven't that you that you want to like reiterate to us? Gosh, definitely to my younger self, I would say just relax, you know, breathe in, breathe out. I've always been a hustler. I've always been a go-getter. Sometimes it's just like, go watch the sunset, you know, like don't forget to live life. And then for the people that maybe live life a little bit too much, like be disciplined. 
have a calendar, you know, have a schedule. The early bird does get the worm. Maybe wake up a little bit earlier. I, since I've left WWE, I wake up pretty early, anywhere from 5.30 to about 7. It's been a game changer for me to do that. And it's hard, but, you know, discipline with also knowing how to live life, like take your time and enjoy life. Those things t- together, you can go really far. You can go really, really, really far. Yeah, enjoy the journey, not the destination. We all were like, I want to be an adult. I want to be, I want to be older when I was a kid. Now I want to be a kid again. (laughs) I love that. Enjoy the journey, not the destination. Yeah. Cause the destination is quick. The journey. Especially if you, uh, you do easy. You are now. So in terms of community service, have you lent your name into, into, I guess, in support of anything that you want to talk to or speak about? Yes, I'm actually in the process of finding the right organization to help with the homeless was a very interesting several situations that I have encountered in the last couple months. And especially living in Los Angeles, where it is, we have a lot of homeless people and how can we help improve that in our country? And how can I help give back? How can the entire nation kind of give back? Um, There was this situation that happened on Twitter with me that um, a lot of people try to drag me through the mud a little bit. So I found this homeless person and I gave he had his Venmo up there, which I know that's ironic, right? Homeless people have cell phones. I, I didn't know that. And I was ignorant and I was privileged to not know that like, no, they can still be homeless, but they can still have a cell phone and they can still in some areas access internet. And I thought that was that's kind of awesome that we can help people that way. I got very educated really quickly on that. And I went and I gave him money. Then I asked him, I wanted to hear a story and get to know him better. I asked him how many people, was there anyone else that gave? And it was only me and two other people. And I, I was just so blown away by it because I was like, you know, there were so many people saying so many negative things about me. And I was like, at least 50 people gave $100 to this man. 50 people gave $5 to them. You know, how much money would that be? And I think as society, we so celebrate, like we complain, we're so, especially Twitter, you know, they're so like, oh, let's complain. Let's, you know, drag people through the mud. What, how, instead of just, what are we going to do about it? Are we just going to complain? Are we going to actually try to bring change? Are we going to educate ourselves? Are we going to give? I was pretty shook from it all. Because I'm like, whoa, I want, I want to be able to help people and give back. I want to continue to educate myself. Also, like encourage people on social media, encourage people on Twitter. To, we need to step up. It is not, do not just complain. Are you giving your, giving whatever you can a dollar, you know, not five, whatever you can makes a difference. And it was really cool. Oh, I'm not going to get emotional, but it was like, he, he sent me a DM and he's like, today I got, I was able to get cheesecake. That's a really, really good day. That's like, that's the impact that I want to be able to have on people. I encourage everyone else listening, like do the same thing, you know, like educate yourself, try to find places that we can give and help. I think it's giving these homeless people one day that they can one meal that they can that makes them a little bit more happier and not as depressed then we're doing our part in society that's beautiful that you said that because i was thinking the same thing and i've been expressing those same thoughts and emotions with other people especially when i tell you know i live in la and i go back and forth to new york new york la and everything in between and so i don't know what's going on in los angeles but I felt like it was, a, as of late, I went and I was just like, what is this night of the living dead? It just felt surreal. Yeah. Least. <laughs> what I did is I, I thought it was I thought it was in my bag. So I actually walked from, I think Jefferson and La Cienica all the way, I literally walked far, all the way to Santa Monica almost. It was far. I wanted to see what was on the ground because when you're in a car, you're on an e-bike or something, you really can't really, I can't gather what's going on around you when you're on foot. So when I was walking on foot, I've never seen so many homeless people in my entire life 
They were thirsty. They had no access to electricity. They had no access to refuge. It's the same shit that's going on when I first moved to Los Angeles two decades ago. Yeah. It was just so scary because we have all these billionaires and millionaires residing in LA and no one can do anything about it. It's just silly. Like you said, we started our publication about 14 and a half, 15 years ago, downtown LA. And we, I used to talk to all the homeless people on 6th and Main and Los Angeles, all through the whole world, in Maple. And like you said, a lot of those people used to be former, um, former athletes, musicians from major bands and, and TV shows. There's, just because someone's homeless doesn't mean they're, they're down out. Some, you know, they, they get another chance. And like you said, Skid Row is huge. It's massive. And unfortunately, you know, they do have, they do have cell phones. Yeah. Like, you know, again, they can use some electricity and some water and something to wash themselves with. I just can't understand with all those abandoned buildings downtown. You can't tear them down. It costs more to tear them down. But why can't they just renovate them and make them into somewhat of like a, a refuge or a shelter or a safe haven where people can sleep? There's yeah. so many buildings downtown. And those people are living in tents. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. And then sometimes they, they hurt themselves to go to the hospital and the hospitals yeah. don't even do anything for them. So that's great that you say that because in New York, what I'm noticing is that the homeless people are a little bit different than LA. Yeah. It's so yeah. crazy. It's yeah. so, so crazy. And I, I think the same exact things. I'm like, California has the eighth biggest economy in the world. Yeah. Like when I heard that, I was shocked. I was like, why are we having such a huge homeless problem? Like the eighth largest, like the best, it's insane. And um, yeah, I definitely think we, something's got to change. And I just, as even myself learning more, educating myself more and how I, what can I do to help bring change, you know, and it's, it's going to take all of us, you know, actively trying to help each other and bring change in these areas. And like you said, even speaking to him is a lot. Like for somebody being on the street, on the street like that, being cold and dealing with that, what is it called? The, um, I don't know. So many different variants of everything. The monkeypox. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually saw someone that looked like they had things all like this, I guess, lesions and things all over their face. It was just a very different world. Just, you know, and it was cold that night. And I saw another person who looked like a diaper which was crazy with nothing else on. I just think sometimes, even if you don't have any money on you, because I don't carry money, like you said, but um, a prayer is good too. And a conversation or just acknowledging their existence. Yeah, definitely. Acknowledging existence, it can do a lot. So yeah. is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you would like to speak about real fast? I think I, I think we touched on a lot of things. Right, yeah. I love Were that. You know, it's a very diverse conversation. Yeah, and you're wonderful. I've always admired you, and I've always you. You know, I'm sure people always be like, "You're like, I know you're gonna beat me up, but <laughs> but you, your eyes and your, your complexion, you remind me very of Chloe a little bit." Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very beautiful, very intelligent. Um, I'm so proud of you, and I'm sure the sky is the limit for you. I can't wait to support your movies and your films, whatever else you have to go on. But have a great weekend, and again, you really made my day because. You know, I've always loved the WWF to WWE to all the different letters. <laughs> so just being able, being able to speak with you is like such a huge thing for me. Trust me, I'm really happy to have spoke to you today. Thank you. Oh my God, thank you, thank you so much for having me. This was I so enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, yeah. me as well. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. You too.